Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia, and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today, we have Mecca from Amona Gems with us. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you on today. I usually have like fashion designers and like people in kind of that field. So I'm really excited to talk to you in a more, I know, sustainability, scientific, also jewelry kind of way, which is really cool. So thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Um, I love talking about Mona. So I really appreciate the opportunity to you know express my enthusiasm for what I'm doing of course so give us just like a little background of yourself a little intro before we get um into this too much yeah so my name is Mecca McDonald I'm 22 years old I live in Brooklyn New York I'm from South Florida and I'm a co-founder of a biodegradable accessories business We make biodegradable jewelry with the mission to decrease plastic waste in the fashion industry. Um, Yeah, we started our business. Actually, our business turned a year old um, last month, February. Exciting. Yeah, so we are are a year old. So very excited about our first first birthday. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's super exciting. Um, I think, I don't know when I found you guys, but I feel like I found you guys pretty early on as well. And terms of like finding you on TikTok, um, which is really, really cool. I love everything you're doing. Um, So let's just like go a little bit back. Um, So you went to John Hopkins University, right? Which is like one of the top schools for like STEM majors. That's really freaking cool. Um, What was like, what did you originally think you were going to like do with that? Or like, did you always intend to kind of go into something creative like you have done? Or did you have a completely separate kind of path figured out for yourself? Yeah, so I went to Johns Hopkins and like everyone goes to Hopkins thinking, I'm going to become a doctor. Like, you know, I was like 17, 18, like, yes, like I'm going to become the best doctor that is and going to a world-renowned research institution. So when I went, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a doctor. It's going to be great. And I, after my first semester, I was like, I hate chem lab. Like, I love science. I love science. I love research. I love all that stuff. I just hated chem lab. Like, physically, I hated being there. And it was just like, it was adding so much stress to my life. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I have to go through so many of these labs to make it to medical school. I don't think I'm going to survive. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to figure something else out. And so I thought I like wanted to be a lawyer or something, but I, then I just started double majoring in psychology and economics. Cause like, I was like, all right, maybe I can figure something out with this. But yeah, when I went to Hopkins, I thought that I was going to become a doctor initially. Um, yeah. Dang. That's, that's wild. That's like a completely separate path at this point. No, I know. And I don't know. It's crazy. Cause like, I mean, I've always considered myself an artist. Like I always, like ever since I was a kid, I'd be like making art for fun. Like I was just obsessed with like drawing and stuff. And then I got really into photography when I was like 16, but I didn't really think I could like become an artist professionally. Cause you know, I have immigrant parents. So they're like, you gotta become a doctor or a lawyer. There's like 
three professions in their mind doctor lawyer engineer so I was like okay yeah I can medicine I can do that like it's not hard (laughs) yeah no I totally get that I also have immigrant parents and I don't know how they managed to let me do fashion but you know it worked out but no I totally get that I think it is so hard to I don't know I feel like you grow up thinking that being an artist is kind of like a hobby or like art is always just a hobby and you never think it can actually be some sort of career but obviously there's like a bunch of really successful creative people out there and it doesn't have to be like strictly just like painting as art or whatever like it can be so many things and clearly you found a way to like merge both worlds which is really really cool um so how did the idea of like creating Mona Gems come to play because I know you also like co-founded it with um Mia as well yeah so um it's really funny I um I was on TikTok uh (laughs) my junior year of college you know my last two years of college were Zoom University. I yeah. was completely remote for the last years of college. So, you know, I had like more free time. It's crazy. I had more free time and I was like, I'm going to start two businesses. Let's go. Like, <laughs> but I was spending more time on TikTok and I saw like there was this resin trend taking off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like that's cool, you know. But I was like, but that's like kind of bad for people's health. It's bad for the environment. And it's just like, like I don't know we don't need more plastic in our houses you know it's nice that people are taking an initiative to like start businesses and stuff especially women but then I was like but this isn't like this isn't like productive it's not like challenging anything it's not pushing the narrative forward and so then I was like I want to do that but like how can I do that like better like how can I do that like in a way that's you know just more sustainable and just better for people's health and so I was like oh what if I made biodegradable earrings and then I was like but that's not possible and I was just like laying in my bed and there's just like this internal monologue like (laughs) oh like what if I made biodegradable jewelry but I was like oh like but you don't even you didn't even study like chemical engineer it was like a whole thing and I was like I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna try and like see what happens and then I like texted me like me and I weren't even friends me and my (laughs) co-founder we weren't even friends I just knew her through like a mutual friend and like we had talked before like I knew who she was and I knew she was interested in sustainability and like she was a material science major at Hopkins mm-hmm. but then like sophomore year she switched to like chemical biomolecular engineering Dang. so I was like okay like she like knows a little bit about molecules you know she knows whatever um and so I was like I feel like Mia would be a great person to start a business with you know what I mean like that yeah, was like oh my, my second thought I was like <laughs> I don't know she has a great sense of style she is also an artist she has beautiful paintings like so I thought that she would understand that like you know Mona should like the aesthetic part of what I was trying to create too Mm -hmm. so then I reached out to her and I was like hey like um would you want um want to start this business with me like I have this idea and I feel like you'd be a really great person to work with I it was just like I know we don't really know each other we don't know each other that well but like if you're down to start a business I'm down to start a business let's just start a business and see what happens and then we started the business and like it's going pretty well so it's crazy you know just like took a leap of faith um and I I don't know why I was just super adamant about it being possible like and I don't know I thought like and like Mia um definitely 
I would I feel like our knowledge of like chemistry was like pretty similar too because mm-hmm. like like I understand chemistry and like I had to learn a bunch of chemistry to even get to Hopkins anyways so like our understanding of chemistry was pretty similar she like had like a few more technical skills that were like helpful like more practical skills um so it was like nice being able to work with her and just like understand like what was happening and like we were able to like bounce ideas off of each other and like so we started experimenting I mean I'm going into the whole story now no yeah go for it (laughs) we started experimenting like the summer before the summer between um junior junior and senior year so like Mm -hmm. uh, we were about to be seniors and you know we were like okay let's try this let's try this and if you go on the internet you can find like the formula for bioplastic like their bioplastic is not novel it exists it's just Mm -hmm. that no one has really taken the time effort and energy to like develop the material to make it have the mechanical properties similar to like traditional plastics and a lot of the bioplastics that are like manufactured on a large scale they're not really like bioplastics yeah. like they're still like synthetic um so like we just spent a lot of time during the summer just like almost every day we would just be like it's science time let's go <laughs> and we would just spend like hours just like watching youtube videos like researching like trying different things and then like we just like were so relentless it was crazy like i don't know if i will ever be able to access that amount of like passion that i experienced <laughs> during that time period and it was like a sustained passion it was going on for months it was like from june to like august and then also throughout our senior year so we thought we were gonna get a lab our Mm -hmm. senior year um but that COVID was still happening so we couldn't get a lab so we were kind of bummed out about that and then we were using our kitchen um but then we're like oh whatever let's just like keep using the kitchen it's fine and that actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise because once we graduated if we had developed our material to be dependent on like like the lab equipment that labs have then we would be spending thousands of dollars like renting a lab so it just like worked out for us thankfully but um yeah so we just like from like June to like I guess we found a working prototype I want to say like January February of 2021 Mm -hmm. um so we were just relentlessly passionate. I um, don't know how I accessed that much <laughs> enthusiasm for such a long period of time, especially while being in college. Especially oh my God, yeah. Like Hopkins, like I was, I don't know. I, maybe it was like a manic episode that just like worked out for me. But uh, yeah, so, but it was like really, really fun. Like, I don't know. It was just like, I became obsessed with failing. I know that sounds weird, but I was just mm-hmm. like, every time we make a mistake or every time like we like try something new and it doesn't work like we're just like gaining information you know what I mean so I just like mm-hmm. kind of felt like a fun game to just like get all the mistakes out of the way it's like let's just like fail faster like let's try right. this oh that didn't work let's try you know what I mean so it's just it mm-hmm. was just super fun and just like I don't know and also like as an artist just like being able to create things and like see yeah. what happens you're like oh my god like is this gonna work I don't know like let's see did it work <laughs> oh, did it work but we're so close we're so close I was literally every time I was like no me like we're so close we're almost there <laughs> almost there like literally every day like it just felt like we were almost there and then one day we finally like got a product that worked and like we like had like a, an extensive system for like tracking like our trials like we did like mm. hundreds of trials That's crazy so, yeah we did hundreds of trials to like find uh to get 
to develop an end product that, um, you know, we were satisfied with. So yeah, it was, it was a fun time. It was, it was, it was a fun time in my life for sure. That sounds so chaotic in like all the best ways though. No, it was literally so chaotic. Like I would just, I don't know. I was like living off of like toast because like, I wouldn't even like eat food sometimes. I'd be like, no, like, you know, like when you're like, so like wrapped up into something, like you're like, this is it. Like I'm doing it. Like it was so fun. Um, so yeah. And then, okay. So, so then our, our second semester senior year, we're about Mm. to graduate. And so we started the business because we joined this accelerator program that um, our school had. Shout out to Fast Forward U. Uh, we got that. accepted into this accelerator program where they helped you like, you know, they they introduced us to like mentors and we like learned from alumni who went to Hawkins who also took the entrepreneurial route. And then, you know, we got to speak to them. We had like brainstorming sessions. And so that was extremely helpful as well, because I think if it was up to Mia and I, we would have kept obsessing over making it more perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Because we got something that worked, but we're like, oh, but this is still ugly. Like we have to like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we have to like make it the most perfect thing ever. And it's like an endless. Yeah. But when we, when we got something that like remotely worked, our like director was like, oh, you got something that worked? Cool, start selling it. And we were like, what? He was like, start selling it and see if people want to buy your product. And we're like, okay. Like we weren't like <laughs> the hat. We we're like, oh, but it's, it, and he was like, right. start selling it. Just like test your idea. Like you just like, you can't, you don't want to, you don't want to wait, you know? Yeah. And so we started selling it and it actually just like went pretty well. Like I like, I was like, wow, like this is cool. Like this is like really just like working out. And at the end of our, um, the best part of the story actually mm-hmm. is that at the end of our um, semester, we had this demo day where we had to pitch to a panel of judges. They were all Hopkins alumni who also are successful entrepreneurs. And we won our demo day, which was really cool. That's and we so cool. 20, yeah, we won $20,000. So Dang. I was like, wow, like this is super cool. I think part of the reason why we won those because we were the only people who like actually like made money. Like I think mm. while we were in school, I think we probably sold, we made like, I want to say around three thousand dollars. That's a good amount. Yeah, no, I know. While you're like managing class, yeah, like stuff, while you're like, still <laughs> a student. Oh my god, that's like you're rich. <laughs> yeah, no, like, literally. <laughs> no, literally. So we we're like, oh my god, yeah. So like, yeah, we made like three thousand dollars while we were um in college, and the judges were like thoroughly impressed, just like with the traction that we had gained, and mm-hmm. we didn't even have followers on Instagram yet. I think we had like maybe three hundred followers or something, <laughs> but like they were just still impressed by our enthusiasm, you know, mm-hmm. and also because we were like oh, we want to work on this like full time after we graduate. Right. Um, And I think we're the only, um, the only judgy, like the people, whatever, the only people (laughs) who said that, the only groups who said that. And yeah, so we won the, we won the demo day. It was, it was crazy. That was like such a fun time in my life. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that also you just have so much passion for it and like people can definitely see that and that like reads really well. And like, I don't know. That's true. I feel like if I were a judge, I would want to go for a passionate (laughs) person. (laughs) Like someone who's not just like money driven, but you have like a real reason why you want to do it too. Like you're trying to do something good. 
which is really important that's too, true. you know yeah that's true because I mean some people do start businesses because they're like oh, I just want to make money right. they might not be obvious about that intention yeah. but that intention is still there and you know what that's actually part mm-hmm. of the reason why I didn't want to be a doctor because <laughs> I was like I only want to be a doctor because I want to make money I'm like, right that's like, I was like I'm not gonna be a good doctor I'm gonna be the worst doctor of yeah. all time so yeah. I was like I should probably figure and it's so funny too because I remember going through Hopkins and like Hopkins is one of those schools where everyone is super like type a and super like mm-hmm. yeah like I have my five-year plan like when I graduate <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do this and like I already have this internship lined up and this person's my mentor and it's just like super like everyone's like oh they like have their whole lives like laid out and I'm like give me a break we're like 20 years old right no one knows what's going on okay <laughs> like you can't even make yourself breakfast in the morning and I remember just like junior year being like dang I don't know what I want to do after college like I really don't and still senior year, I was like I don't really know what I want to do after <laughs> college like, but then it kind of just like unfolded in this way like organically that I'm like okay cool like I just like let myself like figure it out like I didn't try to like force myself like to fit into this like box of doing something right. I didn't want to do because I don't know I yeah so yeah I do have a lot of enthusiasm and passion <laughs> yeah oh my gosh totally I love it I feel like that's you you definitely need that to be an entrepreneur because if you don't have that I don't think you could ever be doing what you're doing <laughs> like yeah, I think I it'd be impossible <laughs> no yeah I mean just talking to some of the entrepreneurs that um, went to Hopkins and mm. like they're further along in their entrepreneur journey like journey they're like the beginning of it is not sexy you know what I mean right you watch like those startup movies of like about like Facebook or like whatever and it's like they're like making hella money no when you first start you're not making any money no it sucks you're like damn is this gonna work out there's like self-doubt you know what I mean like the beginning of it and also something that one of the like directors at FFU was saying like especially about our startup is that like Mm. most startups don't see profit until like like the first like five years or something. right you know what I mean and yeah it's like, we've been profitable like ever since we started and like that's really cool um yeah, yeah. no I've told I've heard that too I was like I don't know what I was listening to lately but somebody also said that and I was like damn we've got a long way to go <laughs> but like you know it's also like <laughs> I don't know. It's something to look forward to. Cause I feel like everybody says that once you pass that five-year mark, it's like, now you're like more stable and like, you know, it's more just like going up, but like, yeah, it takes a long time to like really build something that's like stable and like is going to do well. And there's so many like ups and downs with it. Um, but to have like early success with something is like just really freaking cool, you know? Yeah, I'm definitely very grateful and I'm excited for like the journey that we're going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because also something me and I have been talking about recently is like, because we're both artists, we're both creatives, we want to mm-hmm. figure out like how we can incorporate a more um, artistic avenue and aspect mm-hmm. of our brand. Like we have the direct to consumer aspect where we're just like selling earrings, but like right. we want to figure out how we can like make like clothes. Like, have you ever seen the biophilic designs that yes. fashion designers do? And it like resembles like fish or just like something in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's like sculptural and just like super beautiful. And like yes. hard. I was like, Mia, like we have to make designs like this from our bioplastic. I think that would just be insane. Oh my God. Like, that'd be so cool. I know. Right. It would be like, it would just be revolutionary. I feel yeah. like. So th- I think that's a project we're going to begin working on this year. So I'm really excited to see like 
what that part of Mona grows into right Um, because you know like we're very like interested in fashion and like Mm -hmm. we went to Johns Hopkins there are no fashion people at Hopkins like (laughs) there's no like fashion mentors like there are no like I guess there's like Warby Parker or something but (laughs) like there's like no people who are like in fashion so like we're just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like how we can like make those relationships and learn from people and you know I guess in the meantime like build something that people who are in fashion would want to support as well um and like it was like my dream like my dream is just to like have a fashion show and like like have models and like have designs like with people wearing like avant-garde just like beautiful sculptural like stuff of our work like that that's a dream of mine and I hope that I can make it a reality that would be so freaking cool like actually making sculptural pieces out of like your bioplastic because even just like thinking of like you know avant-garde stuff you like pretty much where once it kind of it's over um but the fact that it could like naturally biodegrade and you could like watch that process would be the coolest thing ever like actually I know I mean like I think the bigger pieces like they would probably take like like a month or two just depending on like their mass and density but like mm-hmm. well yeah it's the fact that like a lot of fashion clothes are just like tossed in the trash and it's exactly. like it doesn't matter if you toss this in the trash because it's gonna decompose you know exactly so I don't know yeah like that that's something I've been thinking about a lot and I don't know I'm just really excited about that yeah no I love that the fashion industry needs more of that because it is it is it's a little rough out there you know this <laughs> <laughs> is a little rough <laughs> not gonna lie but yeah I guess you know I was gonna ask you what other plans you had for Mona but that kind of is there anything else that you would like want to like go into aside from like fashion I feel like as a creative you probably have a million ideas all the times of a million things you want to (laughs) do it's like I'm sure there's like a lot of other things going on in your mind as well no it's literally terrible but I think that like my one of my long-term plans especially when it comes to money because I you're right I have so many ideas and I know that I literally physically could not do it on my own Mm -hmm. and I think like this experience that I've had with Mia is that you know it's always good to work with other people like I don't Mm -hmm. think Mona would would be where it's at today if I was doing it by myself Mm -hmm. so I think you know just like finding other people we can just like bring into our business like people that we trust and like Mm -hmm. we can all just like work on various aspects of the business like it would be cool to work with someone who's more like business like supply chain right factual oriented who can like Mm -hmm. help us make like mundane like ordinary stuff like cups or something like you know right right I don't want to be in charge of making cups but if someone (laughs) is really passionate about like you know replacing like plastic cups with our thing or like whatever plastic phone cases just like you know things that are traditionally made out of plastic like Mm -hmm. I like you know if anything was possible if I could do anything in the world and like Mm -hmm. limitations did not exist my goal would just be to completely replace plastics you know what I mean yeah we don't need plastics like humans lived without plastics for so long plastics only became a thing in like the 60s right so like they haven't even been around for that long and they've Mm -hmm. caused so much harm so it'd be cool to just like go back to a period without plastics you know what I mean yeah totally So, like, that's my goal, my dream, just to get rid of plastic. So, like, if I could, like, meet with and, like, work with someone who, like, is, like, oh, you want to get rid of plastics? Cool. Like, I will be in charge of the department or, like, the sector or, like, building out something Mm -hmm. that, 
you know, will help us like achieve that goal. You know what I right, mean? And then it's right. Like, like the fashion goal, like working more in the fashion industry, like mm-hmm. working with someone to like make those dreams and desires come alive. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see like where this goes and grows organically over time. Right. You know, right now it's just me and I, it's just the two of us, you know, every day, mm-hmm. enthusiastic. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's so cool. I think, I mean, you should definitely replace all plastics. I think that is so necessary nowadays, um, especially since like COVID and like single use plastics came back so much over the past couple of years, like so much and people got too used to it again. And it's just, I feel like we just went back like at least 10 steps. Like we were starting to kind of like maybe do a little bit better. And then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like we're just going to go right back. But yeah. As far as like the plastic that you create, like are you well bioplastic, not plastic? Um, are you gonna get like a patent for it? Like, is that how it works, or is it something that's like kind of already out there? Like, I literally am clueless about that field of stuff. But um, no, that's a great yeah. question. I mean, that's a question we get all the time. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, you should patent it. You should patent it. You should patent it. And like, oh, while our formula is unique, what makes mm-hmm. it especially unique is the process for it. So like, if we got a patent. Patents, mm-hmm. number one, are public domain. So once you public a patent, anyone can see like what right. you're doing, what you've done, right? So while like legally, like, yes, we should get a patent to be protected, mm-hmm. we don't have the money to sue anyone. Like patents only work if you yeah. have the money to sue people. And it's like, okay, we got a patent. If someone's infringing on our patent, we don't even have the resources to know that someone's infringing on our right. patent. You know what I mean? Like, let's take Coca-Cola, yeah. for example. They don't have a patent. Their formula is just trade secret. And I think like that's the approach we're probably going to take for a while until mm-hmm. like, if it becomes absolutely necessary for us to get a patent, we'll do that. But like, right. I think we're small enough and like to the point where like, I don't think that we'll have much competition. Also, like, I just don't think anyone will have the level of enthusiasm we had to do what we did. Like, like, no, we spent countless hours doing what we did to, like, get the product that we have. And, like, most people don't have the patience or time. Like, we live in such a convenient, mm-hmm. like, you know, quick, fast yeah, society. Totally. And I think I just think most people, like, give up um Mm -hmm. and like yeah I don't know I'm not really like worried about someone infringing on our patent um the only person who knows our formula we had a third member who Mm -hmm. like is no longer a part of our um a part of Mona um Mm -hmm. so hopefully she doesn't infringe on our patent but other than that right um yeah 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 no that makes total sense I feel like you know, as long as you don't tell too many people, it's like the Krabby Patty secret formula, you know, you just, exactly. nobody needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> nobody needs to know. Nobody like... needs to know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I feel like we haven't really like touched on this too much, but how did you get into like sustainability and kind of wanting to get into that sector of things? So I think I've always been into sustainability. Mm-hmm. I like just didn't have the vernacular for it mm-hmm. um, because I think like a lot of like immigrants and like just like poor people in general are yeah. sustainable. Totally. Um, and it's just like built into their cultures. I think that America has branded like sustainability because like, you know, the way capitalism works. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I've always just been like really into nature and I've always had like this deep appreciation, like this deep, like 
value for like nature and I like I grew up in Florida I grew up around like trees I Mm -hmm. my parents are from Jamaica I grew up eating lots of like fruits and vegetables so like I I love the earth like I deep my dad literally has a huge garden back home he has a huge garden he grows so many different plants and herbs and he eats all of them so I think that I've always been into sustainability Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't really like know like the lingo for it until I got to college mm-hmm. um, and like yeah I've always been thrifting I, I was thrifting before it was a trend just because like I was obsessed with clothes and like mm-hmm. it was a cheap way to get clothes uh, right you know? <laughs> especially when you're in high school and you're working oh my a gosh, yeah. job you know what I mean totally, so totally. I've always been into sustainability um or I guess I've always been practicing it mm-hmm. and you know, like I've always had like a reusable water bottle you know? <laughs> right also, right Florida's hot you know you yeah. gotta stay hydrated <laughs> true. um so yeah I've always been into it um so I think like Mona is just like an end product of like who like my essence like who I've always mm-hmm. been as a kid like I think like what I've created is, is just like something like organic like it just like came out of me you know what I mean yeah I totally that no that makes um, perfect sense yeah I think you bring up a really great point of like I don't know sustainability is definitely like a word that kind of has become just like a buzzword in a way of just to make things sound good but it's like a lot of people have been living that lifestyle without necessarily doing it for just like the earth it's just like it's honestly a lot cheaper sometimes to live sustainably in a lot of ways, which yeah. I feel like is something that people don't talk about because it's usually the other way around where people think it's super expensive to leave, live sustainably. But I'm like, actually, like, I think it's actually cheaper, like depending on right. what you're talking about, I guess. But like, I would say majority of the times it's probably cheaper to live sustainably. No, literally growing up, we didn't have a car. I always had to take the bus. I was always right. carpooling always doing public transportation I wasn't flying around the country exactly like yeah so many like aspects that like yeah like people who have less money tend to live more sustainably because they don't have a choice you know right yeah yeah no that's that's a very important point to bring up I feel like everybody always like grills me for that whenever I talk about sustainable fashion they're like it's so expensive I'm like it doesn't have to be go thrifting that's the most sustainable thing you can do or don't even shop that's the most sustainable thing you can do I haven't bought new clothes in like a year like yeah it's so easy not to it's so easy so easy stop literally stop like like, literally forcing you to do I know <laughs> literally so many people are like well I like have to shop at Shein because I can't afford I'm like no you don't nobody's you telling you you have fine to before Shein like am I literally all <laughs> fine before Shein existed like Seriously. it's a new company like it's not like we're dependent on it like are you yeah. kidding me like oh, it's crazy <laughs> it kills me every time I don't know what it is with people and Shein but like that specifically is just like such a I don't know I hate it. I hate it so much. I think if you, I think Shein enables people's like hoarding addiction. Like, I think if you like like hoarding, like then you'll like, you love a place like Shein because you can like feed your addiction like very cheaply. You know what I mean? Literally. I think, I think like, you know, deeper, like below the, like the surface level, it's like, oh, it's cheap prices. It's like, no, you have a problem because it's not like people from Shein buy like one thing usually right. those are people who like they will spend like two hundred dollars like they will shop in bulk you know what I mean yeah so it's crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. I could I could never 
could never <laughs> my god like it just stresses me out seeing people because then it's like where do you even like put all these clothes you're getting all the time like I don't even want to hear yeah away. I'm like I don't even want to see that like <laughs> that's so sad yeah I don't know I try not to judge people because everyone's mm-hmm. on their own journeys of like right. self-discovery and like understanding like you know their relationship to the earth and also mm-hmm. just like capitalism like I just I don't know like everything all the problems we have go back to capitalism like it's like <laughs> yeah. if capitalism didn't exist we wouldn't need to be sustainable like I something I've been thinking mm-hmm. about recently actually is how capitalism has morphed our relationship to food in the sense mm-hmm. that we're like dependent on this one system to eat one like before capitalism like humans knew like how to grow their own food like they knew like how to eat you could just go outside and find something to eat right now like we would all starve without capitalism I think that's super like weird and interesting like that we have like this literal dependence on it to eat food and we like need food to eat and I think also like in the same way that we're becoming dependent on it socially like are like you know the way we communicate through Instagram and like just like a lot of privatized companies like people mm-hmm. don't know how to make friends organically anymore you know what I mean like people yeah. I think like with dating like people feel like they have to go on an app you know right and I'm like what's next what else are they gonna take from us? literally no it's kind of honestly scary how much control there is around it. literally everything <laughs> yeah I know yeah but only time will tell only time yeah and there's nothing we can do about it I mean it's like you literally can't avoid it even like as a business owner I'm like I have to I'm feeding into it like a hundred percent you have to to. I mean I just I kind of see it like you are just doing what you can to survive like I feel like our generation like Gen Z yeah I mean, millennials are also aware of capitalism, but they're right. like falls deep into it. They're like, oh, yeah, they're too far I gone. Feel like, <laughs> right. Gen Z's are like, hmm, capitalism is a little weird. I don't know. Something's like, something's a little off here. I don't yeah. really know. And it's funny because like our parents' generation, the boomers, they're like, you just got to work. You just got to do what you need to do, blah, blah, right. blah. And like, I have watched how capitalism has affected my parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh, like, I hate working. Like, you know, like they're not happy because they have to work all the time. They can't right. like rest and relax. And I think like it's just interesting, like the, like the polarities between like the generations. Oh my gosh, I mean? yeah. I'm interested to see like how Generation Alpha responds to capitalism because yeah. also I think Gen Z. Like, have you ever seen the TikToks that are like Gen Z in the workplace? Like Gen Z and those like, are so funny. <laughs> so funny. They're literally like, they're literally like, um, from the hours of uh. 8 a.m to 5 p.m i'm on the clock but after 5 p.m i'm dead consider me dead like i'm just like that's so funny like literally so i think gen z's are like i don't want to work and i only want to work as much as i need to like to have like money to buy food and like pay my bills right. you know what i mean right so yeah i think this dichotomy or this transition that's happening is very interesting yeah i think it's also like i don't know the the past two years, at least for like older Gen Z being in the pandemic, I think we were all like, oh, like we can literally just like live at home and make money. Like I don't have to go no, out anything. <laughs> like I can be like an influencer and just make money, like taking, pay- like everybody is just literally trying to be an entrepreneur, which is like great, but also like that can't work for us. Like, you know, not everybody can actually realistically do that, but I love that yeah. everybody's like trying to do something though. Like it's, it's yeah. cool to step out of the norm, just like basic nine to five office job, you know? Right. 
why work nine to five when you can work 24 seven literally <laughs> I love working literally every hour of the day even in my freaking sleep I swear <laughs> no also but something I think is interesting because I feel like capitalism has just like been updating like just like how our phones update I think yeah. capitalism has been updating and it's like now like instead of businesses being like external they're like internal like we have become the businesses you know what I mean? like oh especially God, yeah. with like influencers and everything yeah. or just people becoming entrepreneurs I don't know if corporations will exist in the same way that they do or like have done in the past right. because people are way more aware about like how evil they can be and like how yeah. bad it is for the environment so I think that like I don't know I'm just in, I'm just like how is it going to change like are we just going to be interacting with each other as like businesses like do people still have relationships like right what will humanity look like in like 50 <laughs> years honestly great question I, we will see I feel like we're I just know. constantly oh, just like <laughs> changing and yeah even like with corporations I feel like everybody wants just like personable businesses nowadays and like they want like a face they can relate to the business even with like I don't know I feel like the companies that have hopped on like TikTok are doing really well because of that like Duolingo Duolingo. love them love them (laughs) like we all associate um the girl I forget her name but the girl that does it like to Duolingo now it's like a face to the name and it's like feels personable yes. and fun and like if you don't have nobody that with your wants business to be marketed like, to like nobody yeah like nobody wants to because before you would just watch a commercial and it's like call this number to get right. this service <laughs> or like buy this product it'll change your life but Gen Z anytime we see an ad we're like skip literally skip, skip. so now they have to get smarter these businesses yeah yeah they really do because even like on tiktok if i see the little like sponsor thing immediate scroll i don't care if it's a creator i love like immediate scroll like i don't want to be marketed to even though like i'm out here trying to market to people as a business owner too but i'm like skip immediately now (laughs) that's so bad yeah i don't know we're all just trying to figure it out though and i but i'm happy to see people be like like let's try something else you know what i mean like maybe maybe we can create a better future and I think that's yeah totally I feel like people are definitely stepping into their creative sides a little bit more and being a little more um introspective which I think is is really good I think we've all had a lot of time to like think and be like okay what do I actually want to do like what should I actually be supporting you know it's all good it's all good stuff hopefully I think so (laughs) where did you go to college I went to FIT in New York Oh. so I did the whole fashion school route That's but so cool. yeah I, I graduated with my associates in 2020 I was going to continue my bachelor's but I was like I'm not doing this online for two years <laughs> so you know ended up with an associates but then yeah I started my business right afterwards and it's also done well since so I'm just kind of chilling here so you do know? you still live in New York I do not I moved back to Indiana which is where I grew up super random hate it here trying to move out um but yeah during the pandemic I always had to move um out here because my parents were like oh my god New York is like dying you're you're gonna die (laughs) literally because like New York got hit first so like literally like my internship got canceled in like February like before like March hit and everything I was already getting into all that so my parents were like you need to come back home and then I just never went back so (laughs) here we are yeah but it's fair but, you know, such is life. I'll hopefully get out of here soon. At least it's been nice that it, like, is really cheap to live here. So, like, running a business is, like, kind of nice for that sense. But other than that, kind of tragic. 
yeah I mean also but you're still young so like right. you just get to like save money you know like I live in yeah. New York right now and like like New York is so expensive it's literally so easy to go outside and spend a hundred dollars yeah. like, oh my god insane. yeah literally so insane I'm just like how did I what just happened do you know what I mean literally yeah crazy it's insane yeah Yeah. what can you do but it's New York you know there's so much to do and so much to see (laughs) so much to spend money on so much to spend money on (laughs) literally everything I want to recommend this one book I read Mm -hmm. last month it's called how to do nothing um wait let me find the author how do you i need to read that i don't know how to not do anything her (laughs) name is jenny odell but she essentially the book talks about how like like the attention economy have you heard of the attention economy no i don't think so it's about how our attentions are being capitalized like how like that's Mm kind of like the last stop for capitalism because like Mm -hmm. first like labor was more like physical you know what I mean right right now it's not physical like it's more like like we're the businesses now yeah and how like our generation especially is growing up with disorganized like thoughts you know what I mean like we don't know how to like just sit down talk and think but I I bring up the book because there's a chapter where she talks about the reason why it's so hard for us to do that is because number one, we always have to constantly engage with capitalism, like without like a choice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially in a place like New York, there aren't that many public spaces. Like yeah. there aren't that many spaces to just like sit, gather and talk. Like if you go to any other country, like they have literal like public squares everywhere for people to right. just, like, talk. But yeah. in America, it's so hard to find like public spaces to just like meet people and talk. And I, right. I was like, that's so profound that's like that's just so true it's you know like we are just forced to spend money to interact with each other yeah no it's so true and that's like one of the like I my family's from Europe well half of it I'm half Mexican half Spanish um but like I love European like lifestyle because you do just walk around and there's always little plazas that you can like stop and everybody just hangs out there and everybody knows each other because it's like oh like 5 p.m on Fridays we all just like meet right here and it's super cute and fun I'm like why don't we have anything like that at all here like nowhere to be found I I hate it like that yeah and I mean that's something I've been thinking about too especially because I just moved here and I'm trying to make friends right you know, being in college, like, like you live in a little tiny little bubble and you can like make friends super easy. Um, but being in a real world, making friends is like so hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so hard. I feel like all the friends I've made outside of college have just been through social media, which is like really great, but also it's like, how would I be doing this without social media? Like, how do people actually meet people out there in person? Like I, like if somebody approaches me outside, like of my house, whatever, I'm like, don't talk to me. like I get weirded out if people approach me I'm like why like I should be open to that but like it weirds me out like why am I like that yeah I know I feel like we're all like that a little right (laughs) it depends on the context right context right also something else she talks in the book is the reason why social media is so dangerous is because it lacks context like there's Mm. no like like there's no like great grand knowledge on like social media like no one bestowed upon us like the knowledge of Instagram like there's no like historical avenue to like you know what I mean right so that 
So like, for example, if we were in college together and I saw you in the mm-hmm. library and I approached you, you'd probably be more open to it because totally. you're in a space where you like, you have the context of school, you feel safe. But mm-hmm. like, if it's a random stranger on the street, there's no context for you to feel safe. Yeah. And like the same thing when you DM people on Instagram, I'm sure like there's a context in which you can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a proxy like, oh, hey, like we are both interested in the same one thing. Like maybe right. we should meet up, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. totally. It's so weird how that works. The world is a weird place. <laughs> That's the conclusion of all of this. <laughs> Just a weird place we live in. <laughs> to conclude. Yeah, to conclude that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Of course. No, I'm so grateful that you came on today. It's super cool to talk to you about literally what you're doing is literally so freaking cool. Like, I cannot wait to see everything else you do. I'm waiting for that fashion moment, the avant-garde looks. Like, I am waiting <laughs> for you. that. Absolutely. Give me like maybe like five years or so. You know, <laughs> yeah, those are gonna take some time, some but time, yeah. <laughs> but you know, once you hit that five year like business park, everything's gonna go up. So we're gonna yeah. wait for it. You know, it's Thank gonna be great. You. I really appreciate this. And if you're ever in New York, would love to like meet up. Yes. You know? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to go back at some point. I did New York Fashion Week last September, so I'm trying to hopefully do it again this September. And then you know, okay. if you want to, you know, maybe give some jewelry for my products, it would be kind of fun. Oh my god, yes, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. We should talk about that, even yeah, though it's literally like spring that. and it's gonna be like months in advance. But you know, it would be yeah. fun. Would be cool. But anyway, yeah, shout, maybe yeah. we could just des- we could design something, you know, whatever. We can talk about oh it. Oh my god. Yeah, it. totally, totally. I that would be so cool. Okay. I'm getting too excited. But anyway, <laughs> um, shout yourself out. Where can people find you and Mona Gems and everything? So you can follow us on Instagram at Mona.gems, M-O-N-A dot G-E-M-S. That's also our handle on TikTok. And if you use Pinterest, that's also our Pinterest and our website is m-o-n-a-s-g-e-m.com so it's monasgem.com so yeah check out our website follow us thank you yes of course go check them out if you haven't already and i will see you guys in the next one bye Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.